Hello, I'm Pastor Merritt's son-in-law, David. I will be filling in for Pastor Merritt today, and I will be doing part one of the Doctrine of David. Both Pastor Merritt and his wife, Tommy, are both ill, and we ask that you pray for them during this time and give them strength and give them comfort. Before we begin, though, as is the custom and is as Pastor Merritt would ask you, Feel free to exercise 1 John 1.9 as may or may not be necessary. The Doctrine of David, Part 1, The Lord Prepares His Man David was the second king of Israel and the founder of the United Monarchy in 1000-960 B.C. He began his reign as the leader of the tribe of Judah and parts of several tribes of the south in 1000 B.C. from where he fought the seven-plus-year civil war, and then in 993 B.C. he slowly but surely began to rule over the United Kingdom. David was about 30 when he took over as ruler of both the north and south of Israel, dying at the age of 70 some ten years after his defeat of Absalom in the last major rebellion against his rule. David became king of the tribe of Judah before he became king of all Israel. His capital was in Hebron, about 30 miles south of Jerusalem, from where he governed the affairs of Judah for seven and one-half years. Slowly but surely, David was able to woo the cohorts of his kingdom of Saul into a solid backing he had developed in Judah. All Israel finally crowned him king of Israel. He was the first king of United Israel and the founder of a dynasty which remained in power for about 425 years. Few dynasties in the world have equaled the records of the family of David. 2. Sources The main source for the life and times of David is the material found in the books of 1 and 2 Samuel and 1 Kings 1 and 2. These accounts, especially 2 Samuel 9-20, through 20, the court history of David, was a realistic presentation of David by a contemporary historian. Two famous prophets, Samuel and Nathan, authored 1st and 2nd Samuel, page 2. Samuel wrote 1st Samuel 1 through 24, and then most agree, Nathan completed the remainder of 1st and 2nd Samuel. 1st Chronicles 11 through 29 also contains an account of his reign. It is fuller than the Samuel King's account describing the details of temple, lineage, list of royal officers, military heroes, etc. Numerous references to David are also found in Old Testament and New Testament books. David is mentioned 858 times in the Bible and 53 times in the New Testament. Secondary sources concerning David can be found in the Talmud, Quran, and in the rabbinic and Christian traditions of David. Excuse my pronunciations. These adds to the luster of one of Israel's most beloved figures. David was and is considered by Orthodox Israel as equal to Abraham, Moses, etc. Name and family. The name David may mean beloved from the noun Dod. Scholars thought a few decades ago that it might be a title such as Captain. This possible derivation of David's name, however, 
is now seriously doubted and has been discarded by most. David was born in Bethlehem of Judah, a city about six miles south of Jerusalem. This was the home of Boaz and Ruth, and became best known as the birthplace of Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah of Israel. Page 3. David's ancestry is summarized in the book of Ruth. Ruth 4.17 And the woman, her neighbors gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they have called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. 4.18 Now these are the generations of Phares. Phares begat Hezron. 4.19 And Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Amenadab, and Amenadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon. 4.21 And Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed. 4.22 and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. David was the youngest child of a family of ten children. There were seven brothers and two sisters. 1 Samuel 16.10 Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. 16.11 And Samuel said unto Jesse, And here are all thy children, and he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. First Chronicles 2.13-16 through 16, List only nine. Perhaps one child died young. And Jesse begat his firstborn, Eliab, and Adidabad the second, and Shema the third. Nathaniel the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozim the sixth, David the seventh, whose sisters were Zariah and Abigail, and the sons of Zeruah, Abishi, Joab, and Ashel three. His brothers' names were Eliab, Adinabab, Shema, Nathaniel, Randai, and Ozum. And again, I apologize for the pronunciations. His sister's names were Abigail and Zerai. According to 2 Samuel 17.25, these girls were daughters of Nashah. 2 Samuel 17.25, And Absalom made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab, which Amasa was a man's son, whose name was Ethra, an Israelite, that went into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zeruah, Joab's mother. Nahash was the king of Ammon. The name of David's mother is unknown. His father, Jesse, is a well-to-do, respected elder in Bethlehem. David was a son of Jesse's old age. 1 Samuel 17.12 Now David was the son of an Ephratite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons. He was old and well advanced in years. Early life. The first mention of David occurs in the account of the visit of the prophet Samuel to Bethlehem to select a successor to King Saul. Jesse was always pushing the careers of David's brothers, particularly Eliab, to the coming neglect of David. At the sacrifice to which Jesse was especially invited, 
Samuel began to interview his sons as possible candidates for the kingship. Jesse was more interested in seeing to it that the first seven boys be evaluated by Samuel. 1 Samuel 16, 5-11 Samuel replied, Yes, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Adinabad and had his first pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. One by one, Jesse presented his sons, but none seemed to meet the divine specifications. Finally, Samuel asked Jesse to present his youngest son, whereupon David was summoned from his chores of sheep tending and won the approval of the prophet as God's man for the nation. Although David was anointed in the presence of his brethren, 1 Samuel 16.13, the exact purpose of the anointing was not made known to all present. 1 Samuel 16.13 Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. It is thought by many scholars that those at the feast interpreted the ritual act as Samuel's choice of David to succeed him in the prophetic office, as Elijah, the prophet, had anointed Elisha, the young man, to succeed him. This would be more in keeping with what his fathers and brothers thought of his inclination, for he was often communing with God while tending the sheep. 1 Samuel 16.22 states that David was ruddy, Adomai, red, also used of Esau, causing many to believe David to be red-headed, had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. 1 Samuel 16.12, And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance, and a goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. The exegesis and analysis of verse 1 Samuel 16.12 supports the notion that David possessed red hair and was a most handsome lad. Far more important to Samuel and to Israel was the assurance that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. He was the choice of the prophet and God for the task which faced the nation. He was to become the people's choice at a later time. David came to public attention in Israel through two important events. One related to music, the other to physical prowess. In the search for a skilled musician to soothe the melancholy of Saul, David was recommended by a member of the court for the position of aide-de-camp. 1 Samuel 16.18, Revised Standard Version. List among his qualifications, skilled in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. New International Versions. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem, who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. 
He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. In addition to good looks and excellent musical talents, he came from a good family background. Could fight if called upon, knew how to ease difficult situations with the right word, and possessed a special charm. It seemed that David possessed all the requisites of a young man destined for greatness. David, as a shepherd, spent a great deal of time alone communing with God. He had acquired a great deal of doctrine in the age when God spoke directly to people. He was full of doctrine and thus had tremendous capacity for service and prosperity. Like all young men of that day, David had completed his military training. David had, in fact, graduated with honors. At the appropriate age of 21, David is summoned to the palace because one of Saul's advisors suggests his name as a candidate for special service. David is summoned by Saul primarily because he is a great musician and Saul is suffering from psychosis and needs music as a therapy. 1 Samuel 16:14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. 15. Saul's attendants said unto him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Verse 16. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you, and you will feel better. 17. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. Verse 18. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. 19. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. As a skilled soldier who has passed his compulsory training, David was recognized as a brave warrior. He was a courageous young man who demonstrated his bravery and skill. He is bright and possessed with a good personality with few mental hang-ups. David was handsome, well-built, although average in size, having a ruddy complexion and red hair. Again, recall he is full of doctrine and a man after God's own heart. He must also have been a hero and won one or more battles given the fact that a high-ranking officer in the court knew he was courageous. As an important member of Saul's court, he served Saul for approximately three years. It is important to emphasize all this occurred before David slays Goliath, thus dispelling the denominational heresy that David was a little boy when he slew Goliath. Again, it is noted that the Lord is with him. David's versatility commanded the attention of Saul, and David quickly attained a dual role in the royal court, king's armor, bearer and private musician to the king. Since Bethlehem was but a day's journey from Gibeah, the home of King Saul, it is believed that David returned often making certain his father's flocks were being properly attended. His prestige grew both in Benjamin and Judah by leaps and bounds. The other events in David's early life that commanded national attention was his victory over Goliath, the Philistine giant, in the battle that took place in the Valley of Elah. 1 Samuel chapter 17. When Saul and his army moves to the valley of Elah to fight the army of Philistia, David has no reason to remain in the palace, a place in which he apparently took little pleasure, so he returns to his home. 1 Samuel seventeen thirteen through 15. 
Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Adinabad, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest were following Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his sheep in Bethlehem. God uses a crisis to introduce David to Israel, a 21-year-old warrior who had completed his basic training and infantry school and had from all indication demonstrated his military talent with valor in one or more hostile engagements. The Philistines had marched on the army of Israel in the Valley of Elah, a large valley sufficient in size to permit the armies to maneuver. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valleys of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. The valley is also called Ephestamum, located some 20 miles, 25 miles west of Bethlehem, between two major Philistine cities on the edge of Judah. 1 Samuel 17.1 Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together at Shokah, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between Shokah and Azekah. In Ephesdenamon, Elah, as it is also called, lies at the foot of Mount Bala, near Ekron, and Nashad, two of the five major Philistine cities. Goliath, as was the custom among the Greeks and Philistines, challenges anyone in the army of Israel to battle individually, win or take all. Achilles and Hector finally settled the Trojan War by such a duel. Since the Philistines controlled the metal industry and were skilled warriors from their youth, the army of Israel was at a serious disadvantage. For 40 days, the insidious and blasphemous challenge goes unanswered by the cowards of the army of Israel. No one wants to take on the 9'9 Goliath, who is so large that his breastplate weighs 125 pounds. David has been sent to check on his brothers, and when he hears the challenge of Goliath, the young 24-year-old warrior slash shepherd becomes greatly offended. 1 Samuel 17, 16 through 24. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take the ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers and are, and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out, as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. 
David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Saul knew the odds of winning and offered high stakes to anyone who would volunteer. Freedom from taxation for his father's house and the hand of Saul's daughter in marriage. David had no doubt earlier met Michael, who may very well have been his right woman. It is perhaps a stretch to think that David was motivated by the prospect of marrying Michael, but then again, who knows? David offered to accept Goliath's challenge, and Saul gave him the best military equipment the army of Israel could muster, his very own. Saul, being a head taller than any man in Israel, made for a comedic picture of David standing in the large helmet and breastplate of Saul. David refused the armor as being unwieldy and chose his own weapons, the weapons of a shepherd, stone and sling. With his slingshot, he had protected the sheep of his father's flock. With it, he would attempt to protect the people of his father's flock. The mission of David to bring food to his brothers and his brother's battalion commander was about to change. 1 Samuel, again, 17, 13 through 15. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Adinabab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. The predicament of the army of Israel was to bleak was bleak, but God's man was on his way. First Samuel seventeen sixteen through twenty. For forty days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock with the shepherd, loaded up and set out, as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position and shouting the war cry. David accepted the offer of Goliath with a heroic expression of his faith in God and his desire to deliver the nation from the hand of the Philistine infidels. 1 Samuel 17.45-47 David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give you the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Goliath was defeated by the shepherd boy, his head being taken to the metropolis of Jerusalem as a trophy of war in the giant's armor placed in David's tent. David's attitude toward Goliath is summarized in Psalms 23, 1-6. End of lesson. Thank you for following along. If any of you are without faith, have not been saved, 
Now is a good time to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and take him into your life.